The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we are working our fingers to the bone to give you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati has a kind of exciting new meeting that uh, is going to be monthly, but the first the First meeting is tonight on Zoom. It's called Summit Real Estate Investors Help Night. And it's a Zoom meeting with no presentation, no speaker, no no nothing. It's just it's just ninety minutes of dead air. I'm kidding. For those of us who are on Zoom meetings all day, that might actually be a relief to me. <laughs> See ninety minutes of dead air on Zoom. Uh, no, it's uh, it's just people who are in real estate from all over the country there to help other people in real estate all over the country with whatever questions they have on that month's theme. This month's theme is help for new investors, and uh, it's. Literally uh, log on. We've rounded up some people that we know have been in the real estate business for a long time and can answer questions on a variety of topics, deals, concepts, questions, all that sort of stuff. And um, that's what's going to happen for 90 minutes. Fingers crossed. I mean, that's what we hope is going to happen for 90 minutes. Anyway, that is tonight at 730 Eastern Time. So you guys in California, 430 in the afternoon and other than that, I hope you can translate that to your own time zone. The way you get a link to join is you go to CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. And while you're there, check out the calendar for Saturday. Saturday, there's an all-day online workshop about uh, what you need to do to get started in real estate fast and right. I am teaching that workshop on Saturday, so if you're a newbie, you might want to check that out. It's inexpensive and money back guaranteed. So today's show is one that's probably long overdue, but it became, um, it's just become a more and more relevant topic that no one ever talks about as interest rates have gone up and Cincinnati Rhea and other real estate organizations have been providing more and more platforms for people to network and do business together. And it's about what to do when you're in a deal with another human being. So not a bank, not a professional lender, just a person who 
has maybe funded a deal for you or you have funded a deal for them and things fall apart because that that's where that's where all of this seems to um to to go wrong is as long as as long as everybody is in agreement the deal's going well everyone's like oh yay i got a private lender oh yay i got a seller to finance my property but then as soon as there's a hitch there's all sorts of issues that one doesn't so much have when one has gotten their money from a bank so we're going to talk through today how to set up these relationships to succeed from the beginning, but also what you need to do at that moment when you realize that you're not going to be able to do what you said you were going to do <laughs> with your funder. Joining me to uh, help this discussion along, um, having been on both sides of the I can't do what I said I was going to do, and the other person isn't doing what they said they were going to do equation, is Mr. Ron Phillips. Ron is an extraordinarily experienced investor who uh, has done everything from single-family homes to apartments and uh, on a more industrial scale than most of us ever think to do it. He's joining us by phone. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Man, I'm happy to be here, Vina. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. It's been too long a time. You need to move someplace I, closer. I, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> 100% agree with that. I had, um, a blast. I had a blast last time I was on. So yeah. Let's, let's do it again. Help yeah. People. Yeah, except, except last time, I think what we were talking about was like, okay, so here's how you can go out and make some money. And what we're talking about today is something that people don't want to think about. And yet it happens. Yeah. But it's so critical. It's so critical. Um, and, and it's important to think about it before it happens. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, know what you're going to do when. And, I mean, it's not even if. Something is going to happen if you're in any kind of investing, really, but especially in real estate investing. Um, you know, something's not going to go how you had it planned. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just kind of a given. And if you don't think that's the way it's going to be, <laughs> you just haven't you just haven't talked to enough people who've been investing in real estate. That's, that's yes, par for the course. There is not one of us that, no matter how like you know good we felt about look at all the deals I've been and all the experience I have and I've mastered my strategy, that has not ha- had our butt handed to us at some point either by a market crash or an unexpected uninsured. Um, disaster at a particular property or <laughs> I don't know why you're bringing that up Dina. that's uh that's painful uh, or that's painful or, and I, yeah go ahead or or sometimes sometimes it's even a governmental action I've had I've had a, yeah. a property or two that were um uh they weren't condemned they were taken by uh um the city because they wanted it for uh, in one case, it was to put a sewer line on the lot. Like they just eminent domained <laughs> the properties uh, away from me uh, and, and tried to do it in such a way that I wasn't going to be able to pay back the person who lent me the money because the city wasn't going to pay me enough to do that. So, and, and you know, sometimes we just make mistakes. We just do. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody does. Um, I mean, I still do. I, I make way, way less than I used to. Um, but we all make mistakes. And, um, you know, I think most people are, 
I say most people because not everybody, uh, but most people are pretty level-headed about it so long as you communicate with them. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, not everybody is now, mm-hmm. but, but most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I think overarching all of this is, is communication, right? Communication up front, making sure that you understand what in the world you're getting into, making sure that both parties know, um, you know, what, you know, everybody's good at telling you what's going to go right. But let's think through what, what happens if it goes wrong. Um, it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Ron, we actually are already up on a break time. So uh, before we like really dive into this discussion about what to do to keep things from going wrong and then what to do if they happen to go wrong anyway, uh, I want to invite listeners with questions to give us a call at 877-772-9658. Again, that number is 877 29658. The email is askvina at And listen, listeners, if you we get five minutes into this and you go, oh gosh, that's me. I'm I'm doing that right now and I need to stop doing that. You can email and say this is anonymous. Don't say my name or city, and perhaps we can give you some suggestions about what your next steps might be. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Ron Phillips about something that I've heard more and more uh, experienced investors, group leaders, educators talking about over the last four or five years, which is the number of issues they are seeing and trying to work through with people where it's an actual real estate deal. It's, you know, some somebody had a property and somebody had some money and they decided to partner up in some way. And um, then it all went kablooey in some big or possibly little but irritating way. And, uh, you know, the, the whole the whole idea of um, how how does one handle these things? Because, uh, Ron, I mean, I think the reason we're seeing more and more of this private funding, partnering, all this stuff between individuals is the increase in interest rates, the um, the increase in uh, uh, fees and things for uh, like DSCR loans that most people would get for rental properties and just the general increase in understanding about creative finance. But it definitely has upsides and downsides. What do we need to be aware of just right up front before ever even thinking about doing a deal with another person that we just don't even think about when, when it's a bank or a hard, a professional hard money lender or somebody like that. Yeah. So, um, I, I vet people and, um, that's a little harder to do than vet deals, but I, I like to know who I'm working with. You know, because if, if I'm if I'm borrowing money from somebody, um, most most people most people think that the lender is the person who should be vetting, and they should be vetting. But both sides should be, because if you know if I have a deal and it's not going exactly like I had it planned, I want to make sure that I'm working with somebody who, like I, I said before break, is, is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and isn't going to go you know freaking out if they don't get like if they don't want to report every single week of everything I've done to the property, 
you know, I, I want to know who I'm working with so that I don't have a problem and that they they don't have some kind of an expectation of me that that they're not going to get. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then vice versa. And all that should be in contract form. And and people, you got to read your contracts. I mean, uh, I don't know how many people, Vina, I, I, I get that just they didn't read the documents they got. And clearly in the documents, it spells out one thing that they were supposed to do, they didn't do. And now they've got a real problem, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple of other things too. Um, if I'm the person who's investing, I want to know that the person has more than one exit point. This thing doesn't go the way that they think. Well, what, then what are we going to do? And I want to make sure that they've actually thought it through. So if you're a person out there who's borrowing money, Maybe think that through before you borrow the money. Probably be a good idea. <laughs> um, just little things like that. But um, people are the biggest thing. I I I, I bet on the horse, and um, I've played the race enough that I you know that's that's easy. Mm-hmm. But the person who's operating, that's the person that <laughs> you need to vet. Well, let, in, in and, my opinion, and let's dig let's dig into that a little bit deeper because we would not be having this conversation if we were talking about a bank. You wouldn't be saying, well, you know, when I'm picking between two banks, I try to make sure <laughs> that they, you know, it's it's a bank, right? They're a federally insured institution. They do this for a living, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's the, the expectations are not just extremely clear <laughs> because boy, they write all of those down. But also, it's just people just know more what the expectations of the bank are, right? I'm good. I know when my payments due. I know when it's late. I know what the late fee is. I know that I have to keep it insured in such and such a way, and like that—that's just something we all know, right? Expectations of other humans get way more squishy <laughs> and 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 emotional. Yeah, and <clears throat> You know why that is, is because the bank did exactly what I just said. They thought through exactly what they want. They made their box. And if you're outside of their box, they don't give you money. Mm-hmm. There isn't any creativity there. And that's why what you're saying, like if, if once, once creativity is entered into this, now you have to have, there's, there has to be a document that covers all of this stuff um, that's outside and all of that has to be discussed. Like you have to figure out what your box is, just like the bank did. Mm-hmm. And if it's wide open, then you have to think through a whole lot more stuff than the bank does. The bank doesn't have to. It's or it's clearly defined, like you just said. And so if you if you're if you're outside of that, then they're just not going to give you any money. And it's pretty clear. And um and in many of these cases where they're people to people deals neither the person getting the money nor the person lending the money has done it often enough to really say, okay, what, what, what should I be thinking about in terms of what is my lending box or what is my borrowing box? Like they don't even know, they don't even know what questions to ask themselves. And, and as a result, um, maybe they make certain assumptions, right? Maybe, maybe in their heads, well, of course it's going to be this way, and nobody ever talks about it. 
so this communication, I, I, we had a guest here a, a couple of years back who was talking about how to, how to find partners. And he said, you should not be doing money deals with somebody that you have not really sat down and had lengthy conversations with two or three times before any paperwork is even put on the table. You've got to see if you're kind of in alignment in terms of your expectations, your values. You mentioned communication. You mentioned that if if you're uh, considering borrowing from somebody and they say, well, and of course, I want weekly reports, that it probably doesn't yeah. matter how much money they have in their account, you ain't going to borrow it. No, because I don't want to do that. Um, but I'm not the only one who needs money, and somebody else might be perfectly happy doing that. That's fine. But the problem, this is just like any other relationship. When you like, this is a partnership. So um, technically, it's it's not a partnership. It's a it's a loan. If if we're talking about a loan, but you're you're basically becoming in some way connected to that other individual. Mm-hmm. So you better know who you're getting connected with. You know, it's not unlike a partnership or a marriage. Communication is pretty critical before either one of those things happens, and yet. Just like um, loans and creative deals, partnerships get created the same way. Nobody talks about um, the expectations of the other partner, who's going to do what, equaling out the workload. Like People just don't talk about all that stuff until there's a problem. And then they talk less, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. But they actually talk less than they did up front, which really wasn't very much. Mm-hmm. And And everybody wonders why things don't work out. And that, for large part, that's why. Because, like we said at the very beginning of the show, um, in real estate, things will go wrong on some deal. And it doesn't matter if when you sit down to talk to this person that you're getting ready to loan, loan, loan money to, that they've done 10 rehabs or they've done 50 rehabs. Something can go wrong. Um, it doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I have been doing real estate for, I don't know, 18 years when my apartment complex burned down and I was uninsured. I mean, that, that doesn't, I mean, that's not supposed to happen to a guy like me, (laughs) but it did. And I had a whole bunch of people's money in that property that I was responsible for. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it wasn't my fault, uh, but it doesn't make any difference. I'm still responsible for it. I still had to communicate to my investors. I still had to tell them what was going on and what I was doing to fix it. Right. And if I had partnered with the wrong people, man, that would have been such a pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But all of those guys, they were like, cool, we know you got it. Go get it done. Yeah. And, that, and, and I did go and get that, it done. That's but, that's another piece of this, uh, you know, uh, early decision making about should we even work together? So here's what here's what I see happen a lot. A new investor is doing their first or second rehab. They uh, aren't able to get a hard money loan or they back themselves into a time corner or they're able to get the loan, but they need $10,000 more over what the hard money loan the lender will give them in order to, to do a rehab. And they are so focused on, I have to get this money, right? I, I have to get it or I'm going to lose the deal. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to finish the rehab, whatever, that... Other people don't, aren't fully people to them, you know. They're wallets, and I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't care 
I just care about getting the money, right? I don't care if we're going to, I'll worry about whether we're going to be getting along in six weeks in six weeks. Right now I need the money, right? And that is, that is terrible. It's a terrible way to approach this sort of thing because one of the things that you, I mean, your story about the apartment building burning down, and I know I was chuckling, but, you know, obviously I wasn't laughing at you. I heard this story yesterday and it, it's it sucks. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible thing uh, that happened. But um, you even need to have an understanding of what the other person's risk tolerance is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And you know, if you're the person who's out there, um, I don't know, for for lack of a better word, as a as a wolf trying to just, you know. You get what you're craving at the, in the moment, which is money that you have to have for this deal that you've screwed up somehow um, or got screwed up, whatever. Sometimes it's best to sit back and just try to figure out whether more money is actually going to fix your problem or not. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times more money is going to exacerbate your problem and make it, make it so much worse. And now all you're going to do is, is compound it by bringing more people in when – there may be a creative solution to it that doesn't involve more money. Um, <clears throat> so that's not always the answer, number one. So if, if you are new out there and you're on your second rehab and something went wrong, um, sometimes more money doesn't fix it. Sometimes it was because you did something wrong up front, and now you need to back out of it the best way possible. Um, and more money is only going to make that more painful. Uh, so, <clears throat> and that's so, but yeah, when, when you're in that position, that, that is so hard to actually take that step back and say, you know, okay, so uh, I, I, I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, default, a balloon default in, on my hard money loan. I was supposed to pay it back on December 1st and now it's February and job's not done. Can't finish it they're making noises about wanting to foreclose and whatnot. It's so hard to be able to stand back and take a rational look at that and say, maybe I should just let them take it because putting, putting somebody else's money in this puts their money at risk. Uh, Maybe I'm not, I'm still not sure I can finish it. I'm maybe I, even if I do finish it, it won't sell for the total amount that I have borrowed. Like there's just this feeling of desperation about, no, 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 I got to, I got to solve this problem over here. Doing that with other people's money is often a very, very bad uh, idea. And that is where it's, it's really good to swallow your pride because you don't want to tell anybody this. You don't want to tell anybody what's going on. And go to somebody that you trust and who has a lot more experience than you do and say, what would you do? What should I do? And then listen to what they have to say, even if it's, I think you need to give it back. Yeah, because you may be giving it back anyway, but now you have two people you owe money to that you have to pay back eventually. Because let's say that you're a good, decent person, and if the property does get taken back and you had some you know, you had some investor money in it as well. Well, you only had one investor's money in it, and now you can go do another deal and potentially pay them back. And yeah, you didn't make any money, and your pride's wounded, but your pride would be wounded double if you go borrow more money, and there's still no guarantee that you're going to actually get out of this deal. People people stop seeing clearly 
when pride comes in. And we're talking about right now, Vina, we're talking about people who are just starting out. This isn't a just starting out problem either. This is a, this is a spectrum wide problem because you and I both know people whose names that if we mentioned on this show, which we will not, people listening would know their names and they are doing the exact same thing, just not with 10, 20, 30,000. They're doing it with two, three, four, five million, 10 million. And they're doing the exact same thing because their apartment complex is in trouble or, you know, their commercial property is in trouble. And now the bank's asking them for more money. They don't have it. They don't want to do a capital call. So, you know, to their, to their current investors, because then they'd have to tell them what's wrong. So instead they go borrow money from other people to put into this deal, which is illegal. Mm-hmm. And, and they do all of this stuff because they think down the road, they're going to be able to get all this money back, pay everybody back. Nobody's going to know that they did this and they'll just be able to move on down the road. And that is literally the worst possible thing that you can do, whether you're a new person or you're seasoned pride will end you in, in any business, but in this business, for sure, it will end you. Vina uh, had it right on the money. You, you have to, you have to seek out advice from somebody who's wise and then you need to take, you need to take the advice, whether it's painful or not. Mm-hmm. And you have to tell everybody, you have to be communicative with your investors, let them know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about uh, how to go about doing that. But yes, you, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, the really spectacular crashes we hear where, a deal goes south or a business goes south and it takes millions of dollars in partner money and private lender money with it. It's always somebody who has been in the business for many years. And some, mm-hmm. some, sometimes, you know, it was just a growth problem, right? I just, I just added too much stuff too fast. And sometimes it's exactly what, what you suspect, which is, well, one thing went wrong, so I borrowed some money to fix that, and then I had to borrow more money to pay back that person, and then it just becomes a horrible thing that crashes down on uh, everybody's head. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking today about what to do when deals go wrong with other people. Our number here in the studio is 877-772-9658. You can also send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Mr. Ron Phillips about what to do when stuff goes wrong. And so far what we've got is, well, try to try to deal with people who are in alignment with kind of your communications practices and the risk tolerance. They have the risk tolerance to get into the kind of deal that you know you're getting into and so on and uh now we're going to talk about okay but something went wrong anyway what is the right thing to do at this point we're also taking listeners questions at askvina at gmail.com or at 877-772-9658 so ron let's let's start with a little stuff something little has gone wrong I can't make my payment this month because uh, my my building sprung a leak and I had a $10,000 water bill and the 
water company wouldn't give me a payment plan, so they were going to shut off the water if I didn't pay the $10,000 bill this month. So very, you know, reasonable thing. It happened. It's a mistake. I just can't make the payment this month. How would you deal with that with your private lenders or partners that were expecting a payment this month? Well, the first thing I would do is if I knew that the payment was going to be late, I would call before the payment was late. And, you know, it seems like a really simple thing to do, but, but for whatever reason, people get people, a lot of people get really freaked out and, and they, and they just go dark. And when you're the lender and somebody does that, you, you are the person then who comes up with the storyline and um, or excuse me, the lender is the person who comes up with the storyline, right? Mm-hmm. So the lender is going to think whatever they're going to think, and it isn't going to be good. So if something happens, um, the, 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 the very best thing to do is to – bad news should be delivered quickly, and it should be delivered faster than good news. So if something happened, you just call the lender and tell them what happened. And then I would have come up with some kind of a – uh, of an arrangement that I think would work. I would explain to them what I was proposing. And then I would say, you know, does that work for you guys? And they're going to say yes or no. And if it doesn't, and I would say, what other kind of a creative solution can we come up with here? Because in whatever, 30 days, you know, I'm going to be fine. What can we do now? Um, that that's going to make it so that you feel comfortable and confident that I can make the payments, whatever the, whatever the conversation is, most important thing is to call your lender. And I'm a, I'm an own the problem and own the solution kind of guy. So show up with a solution. They may not like your solution, but show up with one so that they think that you've actually thought through and, and you're not just dropping a problem on their lap. You know, if I'm a lender, I'm I'm trying to do something passive. I don't want to actively have to fix your problem. So if somebody shows up and they've actually thought it through, as a lender, I'm thinking, okay, well, I might not, I might not do that, but at least I'm going to give you some points for having thought it through. And, and now that you have proposed one solution, I can maybe say, well, I don't love that one, but if you did it this slightly different way, Maybe that would work for right. me, but if you show up with no solutions whatsoever, just, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get you a payment in 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have this problem um, and no solution. Uh, it's just like in my company. If you, bring a, if you bring a problem, I love that. Bring me the problem because we can solve it. But if you bring it and you haven't even thought through what the solution is, now I'm mad. Now I'm, now I'm upset. But if you have just thought it through... I'd be like, yeah, cool, let's work on this. That's not going to work because of this, this, and this, but we can just tweak it a little bit here and here, and then it's going to work fine. And um, and I'm a pretty reasonable person. I think most lenders are relatively reasonable. They don't want to foreclose on you, most of them. So, you know, they're going to tend to work with you mm-hmm. so long as you're, are, you're being honest and you're actually communicating. But the worst thing you can do is not show up at all and – Countless people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to come back to that, but I just got a, a, a an email from Nikki, who is talking. Who's, she apparently has a problem similar to what you're talking about, except in reverse. She says, "I made what I thought was a pretty experienced investor a second 
mortgage on a, on a property she had for rehab. Everything was fine for about a year, but I got no August payment. When I called, I was told, oh, the check has been lost in the mail. I'll issue another one. I did get a, ch- a check in September, but it was only for August and there was no late fee uh, included. There was no payment in October. There was a payment and a half in November and nothing since then. The worst part is this borrower absolutely will not return my calls or emails at what point do I just give up and start filing foreclosure? Oh, I would have I would have done that 60 days ago. Like this is and this is probably let's you use this as a as a perfect example. This person did exactly what I just said. They did not call. She had to make the phone call. So Nikki had to call them. Then they gave her some BS excuse. And they sent her a check that didn't even make her whole. And Nikki is now left trying to figure out what the problem is. And then it only got worse from there. So, Nikki, if, if I were the lender, if someone is communicating with me and they are making good faith, that's the most important piece, they're making good faith efforts to make things right, and they're telling me the truth that I can that I can somewhat verify, um, for instance, this is a rehab, I would send somebody out to that property to make sure that they've actually done the rehab they said they were going to do. I'd like to verify what the heck is going on. And then if the stories line up, I'm going to be more apt to work with them. But in this scenario, they didn't call you to try to work something out. They lied to you. And then directly after they lied to you, they failed to make another payment. That would have been the day that I called my attorney. I wouldn't have let it go this long. Um, it, things that are going bad don't get better. And you, and look, everybody knows this. Everybody's had the tenant who does the exact same thing that this person is doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah uh, check, check was lost in the mail, whatever. And then, well, you, you still don't get the check. The check hiding and lost in the mail twice. Probably. Uh-huh. And if they don't have a really good story, they're just lying to you. And especially if they didn't initiate that something is wrong and they haven't told you what it is. So there's two things I would do. I would try to figure out what's wrong. Probably has something to do with the rehab. And at the same time, I would be having my attorney get all over that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and Nikki, here's, here's what's sad about this story you're telling. Everyone, as I read it, everyone who's listening thought, uh-oh, Nikki's getting ripped off. Somebody, you know, that, that person doesn't intend to pay. From having seen these scenarios many times over the years, there's every possibility that what is really going on on the other side is not, an, you know, an intent not to pay you. It's a combination of the the borrower uh, being an ostrich, right? Oh, I know I, I know I got to take care of that, but I can't figure out the problem right now. So I'll just think about it tomorrow. And, and them thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this right. I'm going to go do another deal. I'm going to, and your assumption and my assumption and Ron assumption, Ron's assumption by their communication is that that is not true. Communication could have Nikki's, Nikki's borrower, Communication could have made this different. I mean, yeah. if, 
if you if you could. if if you're listening and your listener's name is Nikki, you might want to give him a call. Yeah, you might want to give Nikki a call. And 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 it's hard, and you don't, you know, and 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 many times it is. I've seen this happen many times that it really is. I'm going to be able to fix this, but until I can deliver that good news, I'm not going to talk to Nikki because Nikki's going to be mad, going to yell at me, going to make me feel bad in some way. And um, no, that's not true. Keeping the lines of communication open usually makes Nikki say, well, let's figure out a creative way to fix this <laughs> more so than it yep. makes her do, do what she's probably going to do after this, which is file foreclosure on you. <laughs> Especially if what um, what I think I heard Nikki say was that this person is is experienced, and if if an experienced person has a problem and calls Nikki and says, "Hey, this is what's happened, but there's a creative solution to this," Nikki, who lent money to an experienced person, is going to go, "Okay, this person knows what they're doing. They had a problem. They had a solution. Let, let's let's work on it." Mm-hmm. I mean. But man, as soon as you as soon as you stop communication, the other person is going to make up whatever story they want to make up, mm-hmm. and we all just made it up on <laughs> on air. We just we just talked. Whoever you are, we just talked about. <laughs> we you. just exactly we have a, we have an impression of you that might not even be vaguely true, but that's that's where it is. Right. All right. Yep. So, uh, Ron, we're going to take another quick break, and then we are going to come back, answer some more listener questions, and talk about how the heck you can sound so calm when you are talking about what you would say to an investor who is expecting something from you that you can't give them. You listen to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today, we being Ron Phillips and I, about the proper way to behave when you have made a promise, whether that be to a seller who is carrying financing, a seller whose loan you took over. Because you know, if you don't make the payment to the bank this month, the bank's going to tell the seller. They're not going to tell you. So it's not, it's not like you're going to be able to hide that. Uh, a private lender, a partner who's who's expecting certain returns from a property and who you can't make the returns happen at least temporarily. And Ron, it's uh, it was it was kind of I was kind of smiling when you were describing. Well, here's the conversation I would have with this person, and you were like super calm. You were like, okay, so I messed up, and um, I'm, I should be able to have it to you in thirty days. Were you always able to be like that? Like when you first started working with uh, private lenders and partners, were you all calm when you talked to them uh, about something going wrong? Well, I would be lying if I said I'm always calm. And you know me, Vina. Um, you've seen me in situations where I wasn't so calm. So that, that's clearly not the case. Um, but over the years, what I've learned... Um, is that being just very frank, um, respectful, but just straight up goes a long way with people, with almost everybody, really. Um, you know, making up some fancy story or, or, you know, trying to be aggressive either way, whether you're the lender or the person who owes the money, that's, that never really works that well. 
And um, so, yeah, I mean, now I'm pretty calm. I mean, I have people who owe me. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about offline. We've talked about people who owe me and my investors a, a pile of money. doesn't do me any good to yell at the guy. I mean, that isn't going to do any good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, sometimes I want to throat punch him, but that, that's not going to do any good. It's going to get me in trouble. And it isn't going to get me what I want anyway. So, um, that doesn't mean I'm, that doesn't mean I wouldn't, that I'm not going to sue somebody. I just told Nikki to start foreclosure proceedings on that person. Right. <laughs> but even when someone has done something illegal, which in the case that I was talking to you about offline, a hundred percent illegal. I mean, just, and then no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It doesn't do me any good to yell at the guy. Now, I, I am going to be really clear about what our contract terms were, and here's what you did, and the consequence of what you did is this over here. The only way we get from here to you not losing everything is for you to fix this. How are we going to do it? That's it. And I can have a calm conversation, but a very matter-of-fact one. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do with my investors. I mean, when I had to call, I had to call all my investors on that apartment building that was burning to the ground while I was standing there talking to the insurance company, and they told me I didn't have insurance. I had to call all my investors and tell them, and that sucked. But I was, matter of fact, I was calm, and guess what? They were calm. They were all calm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the same way the other way around. You know, if I'm the lender, Nick, Nikki, if I'm you and you actually get this person on the phone, it's not going to do any good to yell at them or be rude. Or I mean, what people usually do is because they've been hurt, they've been wounded, hurt people, hurt other people. And I just, I just try to take all the emotion out of it and say, okay, this is, this is a business transaction, and I need to just lay out the facts here. This is the facts. This is where we are. And we're either going to go to this place over here that you're not going to like, or we can go to this place over here that maybe works for both of us. Your choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not going to call their mama ugly or something. There's no point in doing that stuff, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is interesting. We have another email from a listener that it, it is sort of the reverse of Nikki's situation. Uh, and I'm, it's, it's a very long email. I'm going to try and, like, um, summarize it. Uh, so basically, Tracy borrowed hard money from a private lender, so not a hard money, not, not like a company. Uh, right. She says, I was supposed to refinance it in September, but my my head contractor literally died over the summer, which slowed down the process. I did call my private lender in September and explain what was going on. She gave me a verbal extension to December 31st. Then there was a delay at the hard money lender that I was replacing her money with, which means that we are supposed to close in another week. I have texted her at every stage of the of the way, but now she is blowing up my phone, accusing me of cheating her, defrauding her, and I'm a little worried she's talking bad about me behind my back. How should I handle this situation? Gosh, Tracy. Um <laughs> You know, some people consider text disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
there's no, I tell my, I tell my team this all the time, emails and texts have no emotion, but the one that the person reading them puts in it. Mm-hmm. Um, now if they're doing that on the phone to you, that's a whole other ball game. But if they're sending you what you would consider to be nasty texts, they may just be kind of blunt and factual, but with no, no real meaning because I, Sometimes I send it, and I'm not me. I, like I, I'm sending it with a smile, and the other person thinks that I want to rip their head off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if they're written, uh, then, you know, I, I would get on the phone with them. Yeah. Um, I, I like communicating the way that we're communicating right now, Vina and I. This, this is the way that business should be done, in my, in my humble opinion. Because yeah. then you can hear the the inflection in their voice, and Ex- you can feel exactly. what they're. Yeah, and I'm sort of I'm sort of feeling like maybe what's going on here is that the because they've been communicating by text, and because potentially this private lender just you know feels like oh, oh the best you can do is text me when you can't pay me back on time, um, uh, that uh, this probably should have happened a month ago, but. M- call them, talk to them, maybe even take them out to lunch. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I have a feeling something's going on in their brain about what's like, like that you're lying, that you aren't really trying to get a private loan, that you have cheated them in some way. And um, probably some of that is just fear-based. They feel like, Oh my God, am I going to lose all my money? So yeah. Def- well, and look, if you, you, Vina, when you take something like this and you add a disproportionate amount of time, because if if the uh, contractor died in the summer and that slowed things down and there was a slowing in the summer, you know, well, summer's over. We've been through fall now and we've been through winter. And if the communication has been mostly via text, it, turn, it turns into a Judge Judy episode, you know. Or they both show up and they both got their text messages and Judge Judy gets to sit there and try to figure out who's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what your, that is what your lender is doing right now. They're like, I, I don't know whether they're lying to me or not. And that happens after multiple extensions. Yeah. Because yep. so- I have that right now. Like I am in litigation with someone and they asked me for an extension. Well, I mean, first off, they asked me for an extension uh, a little bit from what we signed when we were signing. And I said, yeah, sure, whatever. And then that day came and went and we had to reach out to them, which was the first mistake. Right. Yeah. I already said you, they should have reached out to me earlier and said, hey, we're going to be late by a week or two. We need to push this. And here's the reason. And, and, and oh, by and the Ron, way, Ron, the Ron, fun, go ahead, I'm go sorry. Ahead. I'm going to have to cut you off there. We are literally out of time. And I, I want to hear the rest of the story, but um, we have literally run out of time. I do appreciate you joining us today. And I really hope that folks will take your advice to be communicative, screen people up front, bite the bullet. Don't let your pride keep you from doing what's right here. And we'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.